Now on to the report. Welcome back to Reborn Report. I'm DJ Pfeiffer. And I'm Don Pfeiffer. And today we're going to be talking about evolution versus creation. It's a big subject, DJ. It sure is. One that's been debated throughout time. Even in just the science community alone. And who doesn't have questions about evolution and how creation fits into that? I mean, I know I have before we started researching this. I questioned it quite a bit. And I believe that if we can replace questions with facts and information, it can do nothing but strengthen our faith. Right. And we have more information than we want to cover in one podcast. So we're going to split it up into two, two parts. We want to go slow with it so people can really soak this in. Yeah, the podcast might be a little bit shorter than usual, but I think that'll help you digest the information a little bit better. Well, let's get started, DJ. God's creation or evolution or both. What's the truth? I mean, can you be a Christian and still believe in evolution? Well, that's a big question that hopefully we'll answer uh, with these podcasts. Well, I think we should start by defining what a creationist is and what an evolutionist is. I think that'll help. Okay, let's do that. A creationist is a person with a worldview, origins, beginning point that's based on God and the truth that is in his word, the Bible. Right. The creationist uses science to support his beliefs that the universe, the earth, and everything living, plants, animals, and man, was created by God exactly as it is recorded in Genesis, the first book of the Bible. An evolutionist is a person with a worldview, origin, starting point that is based on man's own ideas and theories, and he doesn't acknowledge the existence of a creator God. They like to believe in nature. Right. The evolutionist uses science to explain his beliefs that the universe, the earth, and everything in it, including man, evolved into life from non-living matter over billions and billions of years through processes such as the Big Bang Theory, natural selection, and the survival of the fittest. Evolution. Exactly. So from these definitions, it's easy to see that the creationist, the Christian, the evolutionist, the atheist, all have totally different or opposite beliefs concerning origins. Well, I want to mention that not all evolutionists are atheists, right? but it is the big majority. There are some evolutionists that are Christians. I'm not saying that's a well, good a lot or of bad Christians, thing to believe. Well, a lot but, of Christians believe in evolution, and so that's why we're doing this, because right. it causes yeah, confusion. There is some overlap. What's interesting is this. Both the creationist and the evolutionist use science. Both use the same science hmm. to support their nearly opposite worldview, origin, starting points. How can that be? The question is this. How can there be such different outcomes in belief when both are using the same science? Well, the answer is simple. Both are biased. Right. The different worldview origin starting points are affected by their own interpretation and their own understanding of the same science that they use. 
I mean, think about this. Is there really any person that's truly neutral? No, I don't think so. You know, whether a person speaks boldly or a person keeps it quietly to themselves, everyone has an opinion. Well, everyone's biased by their own beliefs, their own story, their own life experiences. And it's that opinion that aids in forming every creationist, every Christian, every evolutionist, every atheist. Every person. Worldview starting point. Right. right. The apparent dilemma is this. Both views can't be right. Mm-hmm. One may, The main reason is because they're nearly total opposites. Right, they're polar opposites. One has to be right and one has to be wrong. So that leaves this. How can a person find what the real truth is? I mean, that's what we're looking for. That's why we're doing this. Right. What should we believe in? The Bible, creation, or evolution? Well, we believe the answer is not in the differences between the two opinions, but rather in the common denominator that's in both worldview origin starting points. You know what that is, DJ? No, but like you like to say, I'm sure you're going to tell me. Science. Oh, my major. Your major. My favorite topic. You know, if we take a close look of what science is, we can see that science itself is also a religion. Now, I know that sounds kind of weird, especially the way we think about religion. Right. Um, but that's exactly what it is. Science is a form of religion. Um, DJ, I want you to read the definition of religion in Webster's Dictionary. Okay. It says, a committed, devoted faith or observance, a personal set or institutionalized system of attitudes, beliefs, and practices upheld by and with faith. So it's not very difficult to see then that science fits that definition. Well, yeah, because it's definitely an institutionalized system of attitudes, beliefs, and of very obviously practices. So then science is a form of a religion. And it's also clear that a person's worldview, origin, starting point can and does affect the interpretation of the applied science. Right. It seems to me like the key to finding the truth of all this and to get a better under- is to get a better understanding of what science is and how we actually use it. Absolutely. And that's what we're going to do. There's two types of science that we found from our studies, from our research. Those two types of science are observational science and historical science. Observational science is information and knowledge that is gained by direct observation with repeatable and observable tests. Experiments. What I do every single lab in college. (laughs) Exactly. Historical science is information and knowledge that is gained by one's account of the past. Makes sense. The creationists and the evolutionists have and use the same observational science, but they have different historical science, different beliefs about the past, about the origins. Hmm. And what has happened in our culture is that evolutionists and scientists have mixed historical and observational sciences together all in the name of science, which kind of muddies the water a little bit on on the subject. Right. I mean, the historical science or the belief aspect of atheistic evolution 
It's based on a religious philosophy that claims the process happened naturally over billions of years. But on the other hand, the historical science or the belief aspect of the Christian creationist is totally based on the history as told by men that were inspired by God that's stated in the Bible. So, in order to find the real truth about this matter, I think it's important to understand, and it's really necessary, to separate these two forms of science out so we can discover then what is just interpreted belief and what is observed fact. That makes sense to me. Now, before we go any further, DJ, I'd like you to read something that was written that I found in the Encyclopedia Britannica. It was written in September 2019 edition, or at least that's when it was put in. I don't know if it was written then, but it was put in that in the September 2019 Encyclopedia Britannica, and it's about evolution. You want to read that? Yep, I've got it right here. It says, human evolution, the process by which human beings developed on Earth from now extinct primates. We humans, or Homo sapiens, very likely first evolved in Africa about 315,000 years ago. There's the applied uh, opinion, very likely. Applied belief, very likely, not definitely. Okay. And we and our predecessors have always shared the earth with other ape-like primates. Mm -hmm. We and the extinct hominins are somehow related. There, There it is again. And we and the apes, both living and extinct, are also somehow related. There it is again, theories, ideas. Applied belief. This is accepted by anthropologists and biologists everywhere. Hmm. Yet the exact nature of our evolutionary relationship has been the subject of debate and investigation ever since the naturalist Charles Darwin published his books on the origins of man and the descent of man in the 1800s. I believe one was written in the mid 1850s, and the other was written in the 1870s. You're full of knowledge, aren't you? Not that that makes a difference, but... <laughs> the article goes on to say, there is theoretically, theoretically... Here it is again. ...a common ancestor that existed millions of years ago. This ancient primate has not been identified and may never be known with any certainty because fossil relationships are unclear even within the human lineage, which is much more recent. So in other words... They believe somehow that this guy, ancient ancestor, <laughs> lived, but they don't know for sure. They can't prove it. They don't know who he is. They don't know who he they is. They know he existed, but they don't know who he is. And they really can't tell by the fossils because even in the human lineage, which is a lot more recent. more recent, it's still confusing. Well, get this. It concludes by saying, the human family tree may be better described it's a family bush. <laughs> the Encyclopedia Britannica. Family bush. You know, I've never heard of anybody researching their family bush. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just Maybe funny. we should research our, hum- our family, or, or, yeah, our family flower garden. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, I understand what they're saying, though. A family bush within which it is impossible to connect a full chronological series of species leading to Homo sapiens, humans, us. That experts can agree upon. So, in other words, they can't even agree upon it. Family well, Bush. That's science. <laughs> Family Bush. That's an encyclopedia. Yeah. 
And I, I, I'm not making fun. I do understand what they're saying. It is funny, though. But based on that, at the very least, there's evidence that there's a lot of theories, opinions, and ideas that for the past 150 years or so, evolutionists themselves can't and don't all agree upon. Yeah. By and large. Right. And yet, what did that article say? Accepted by anthropologists and biologists everywhere? What's accepted? That they can't accept anything? <laughs> their theories and ideas, I guess. I think they accept that the human family bush can't be connected. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's kind of funny. Well, this simply proves to me that man's theories of evolution require, and this is serious, their own kind of faith, faith in the religion of evolution. Yep, definitely right? seems like it, yeah. yeah. And... What ruffles my feathers a little bit, to this day, creationists and Christians are criticized and made fun of for our faith in the Bible, the the book, and its author. What book do they have? They don't. Uh, the Almighty God, the Creator, His Holy You know Holy what book Word. they have? Darwin's books that we talked about. Well, that wasn't inspired by God, though. I mean, it takes faith to be an evolutionist, too. I mean, God talked about That's us obvious. having to deal with persecution, right? but they pick on us and make fun of us for believing in an old book and a God that we've never seen, but they believe in evolutionary processes that no one's ever seen. Right. It, well, this may be just my opinion, but I think it's the truth. It takes more blind faith to be an atheistic evolutionist if for no other reason evolution is based on man's ideas. Hmm. Man's theories, man's opinions. But we as Christians, as creationists, are we're basing our belief on a much higher authority. Yeah. A greater intelligence. The, the su creator, supreme intelligence. Yeah, the creator God and the historic words in his Bible, a lot of which have been proven by the science of archaeology. And the stuff that we talked about in the previous weeks. Exactly. Podcasts. If you haven't now, watched them, check them out. It's up to you. Take it either way. But I mean, think about this, though, Dad. Most kids who attend public schools and even colleges, I mean, I'm being taught this every semester and every biology course I'm taking, mm -hmm. they're taught a very specific history about the origins in their science te textbooks. This is good coffee. What kind of coffee are we drinking? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> you bought it the other day. Yeah, it's some organic blend. Boy, it's good. Okay, go ahead. My coffee's cold. Anyway. Kids in public schools and colleges are being taught a very specific history about the origins in their science textbooks. Mm -hmm. Here are some of the things that are almost always being taught as a fact. Okay. The universe began with a big bang about 15 billion years ago. 15 billion. Who was there to know that? <laughs> I don't know. The thing that I don't get about the big bang, too, is how does nothing come from her? How does everything come from nothing? Well, couldn't the Big Bang be the voice of God? That's what I think. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. God said, let there be the light. Boom, so Big Bang. The universe began with this Big Bang. Yep. How long ago? 15 billion years ago. Okay. The next one is the stars are formed about 10 billion years ago. Okay. Then the sun was formed about 5 billion years ago and the earth following about 4.5 billion years ago. Okay. Now, evolutionary... Evolutionists believe that the earth was formed about four and a half billion years ago. But if you study out the history in the Bible, the Bible says that the earth is only about 
six to seven thousand. Well, years that's old. proven by they know the time periods, timelines. They know the timelines. If you ever read the Bible and you see where it says somebody begot, somebody begot, somebody and you always begot. just skip it. Yeah, that's so people can tell how old the Bible is. Right, right. But I think that's a pretty big difference. Well, we know roughly the time. Let's work backwards from now to Jesus. And then they know from Jesus. What year is it? I don't remember. 2020. And then they go all the way back and they keep keep going back and back and back through all that lineage. All the way to Adam. Yeah, to basically Adam. So, and Adam was made within the first week of the Bible. Right. But that's a huge difference from evolution believing that it's four and a half billion years old to creation. It's just a few years. Four and a half to six, six to seven thousand. Ah, no, no that's big why. Difference. That's why we say there's a big. I mean, I don't think you can believe in evolution to the degree they want us to, and believe in Christianity and in the Bible. There is, they are like you said, yeah. opposites. Well, and then continuing on over the billions of years, life formed from non-life. Now, I have a little anecdote here. That's what's taught in school. Yeah. My um, I, my first biology class that I ever took in college at UB was evolutionary biology. So basically, the biology of evolution. <laughs> and in the very first lecture of my very first biology class, they talked about how life formed from non-life. Okay. And she set up all of my professor set up all of these different situations that have to occur for life to form. That science knows all these specific things have to happen in this order mm-hmm. for life to form. Mm-hmm. And we got to the point where life happens. And she said, at this point, scientists don't know how life happens, how life forms. So we set up all of this information, and then boom, we don't know how life forms. It reminds me of a verse in the Bible that says, that God says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are greater than your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Well, and then continuing on, so we got life from non-life, and then single-celled bacterium Evolved eventually to fish, somehow. Over billions of years. Yeah, and then to amphibians. Somehow. Then to reptiles. Somehow. Then to birds and mammals, ape-like creatures. Somehow. And eventually to man, to us. And this process involved death and the survival of the fittest in random chance over billions and billions of years. Well, this random chance thing is a big one, and we're going to get into that. Maybe not today, but in our next podcast. But secular science... And scientists insist, here's the thing, teacher, that makes me mad, that they know all this happened in an unobservable past. Right. They claim to know the history of the universe, and they believe and teach their worldview origin starting point as truth. It's taught as fact. Just look at a science book that kids are taught in school, like you just said. Yeah, creation isn't taught alongside of it. Yeah, why is that? People aren't allowed to have their own uh, beliefs. They're not letting them make their own decisions for themselves. You know, see, what makes me mad about that is Christians have the benefit of a very specific history that's been revealed to us in the Bible. It's right here. It's all right here. The By someone who was there from the beginning of time. Right. God. Yep. And was there throughout history. And by the way, he doesn't lie. No. The Bible says in Numbers 23, verse 19, that God is not like man that he should lie. Hmm. And there's a really good scripture, DJ, in Hebrews chapter 6. I'd like you to read that, starting at about verse 17. I already opened up right to it. There you go. Read that. 617, you said? Yeah. 
All right. God also bound himself with an oath. Listen to that. Listen to the power of that. He bound God now is doing this, the creator. He's pretty, pretty big. The head cheese. Never heard of him. Who is he? God. He's binding himself with an oath. Right. Pretty important stuff yeah. he's talking about here. So that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So he binds himself with an oath so we can be sure. Right. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. There it is again in the New Testament. What I said was in the Old Testament, repeated again in the New Testament. Yeah. If something's repeated in the Bible, you know it's true. Yeah. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. There it is. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. We go fishing, and when we put our anchor down, we hope it grips so we, both, we don't move. We don't move, you know. We're we can so, fish in the We're same solid. Spot. We're in the slum, one spot. And I like how it applies, to, applies what God did so it's an anchor for our soul, for our, for our knowledge, for what we believe in, for our spirit. That is some good coffee. It is good. It's strong. <laughs> yeah. We like we, black coffee. The stronger, the better. And we have to tell our listeners what brand of coffee this is. I think it's San Francisco Bay or something like that. We'll look it up and mention it on our next podcast, because this is some of the best coffee I've ever had. <laughs> is it really? Well, DJ, after, in light of what we just said, it's sad that many Christians today aren't sure what to believe about evolution or the origin account that's described in the book of Genesis in the Bible. It's because man's theories of evolution are presented, like you said, in these science books as fact. A lot of people, kids, impressionable kids, begin to doubt what they learn in church hmm. uh, about the Bible and it's the origins account. Well, they're not going to doubt what they've been taught as fact. You know, we did. If, a, you, if you're taught something as fact, you're going to believe it. We talked in previous podcasts in some other research and study that's been done, that most church-going teenagers, by the time they get to your age and get in college, no longer believe in God or the Bible. Well, if you're taught in school facts such as 2 plus 2 equals 4, math facts, and you're taught history facts, and you're taught English facts and essays and all that, why are you going to doubt the scientific facts that of the Big Bang and evolution. Why would you? Because you've learned all this other stuff that you know is true, so why doubt that? It makes me mad that Darwin's theory of evolution has become and taught as scientific facts. But it's understandable that all of these people are leaving the church, all these young kids are leaving the church, because the church isn't as bold as evolution. Right, and surveys have been done about that, Deej. Well, surveys have shown... That most Christians, including many church leaders and even pastors, when they're asked what they believe about the Genesis account of origins in the Bible and evolution, the answers are often one or a combination of the following statements. The first one is, there's a gap of millions of years between the first verses of Genesis. What verse is that in? It's not. You got to read between the lines. Well, I think they get that idea because later in the Bible it says a day is like a thousand years to God. And I personally used to believe that well, too. Well, in the New Testament, when, it was, when he's talking about that, it's not literal. He's Jesus often talked in the New Testament in parables. in parables, and it's describing 
God's nature in being patient with us, in, in, with us, and waiting. If you read the context before and after that statement, he, you can easily see he's talking about his nature and his ability to right. wait upon us. Right. And thank God for it. It took me to the age fifty <laughs> to commit to God. Well, I mean, I mean, I was a Christian at sixteen, but I still lived the way I wanted to, pretty much. There's pr- plenty of proof that the first seven days of in Genesis are literal 24-hour days. If you don't believe me, look it up. There's plenty of proof of that. Do well, your own research if you don't believe but, me. But they're, but they're putting this uh, uh, gap in there. Right. Okay. And the second one follows along the same lines. And this it, is Christians who right. are doing it. Churches. This is, it follows along the same <clears throat> lines as the first one. It says, we don't know what the days of Genesis mean. Well, in the Bible, God created on day one, day two, day th- up to day seven. He created everything, then he rested. So they're saying, well, these days... How do we know how long they really are? ...could be, because God's eternal, these days could be billions of years. Could be. But they can't be. And there's no evidence of it. Right. And you know that's not... And there's not, evidence against it. That's not consistent with the whole Bible um, theology. Jesus even referred to the days of creation, and it's just not consistent theology throughout the whole Bible right. to, to think that way. Well, the third thing that they often say is the flood, meaning Noah's flood, mm-hmm. was a local event. Oh, I've heard that so many times. Right. It wasn't global, right. and fossils are probably millions of years old. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. But there's proof that the flood was a global event. Well, and the way they identify the age of fossils is by... Carbon uh, dating. Carbon dating, and... Carbon dating can only go accurately go back so far because it's well. Based- the thing is, for carbon dating to be as accurate as science says it is, you have to know the conditions of the universe of our world of at the, the start yeah. when that thing first died or when it first was right. formed to know how much carbon how much carbon was in the atmosphere and how can anybody know that they weren't there they don't know that exactly that's why it only works back to dates that we have known carbon ratings for. Exactly. And the fourth and final point that people often say is God used evolution to evolve Adam and Eve. So we started at, uh, Adam was a chimpanzee at first. No, 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 no. Adam was a f- little bacterium. <laughs> oh, and eventually he became a chimpanzee. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, you've seen the pictures in the in the in the encyclopedias where it's a monkey and he starts walking more upright and then eventually he gets less hair and pretty soon he turns into a man. Yep. So that, that's what that's what God did. God used this evolutionary process to evolve Adam and And then the list goes on and on of what these well, people say. Well, the point is this, DJ. This is in the Christian doctrine and Christian churches and in the way Christians say this. This isn't secular people saying this. Uh, Christians often say this. Well, secular people don't believe in Adam and Eve. Well, right. So there's a lot of several compromised positions in the Christian church today, and all these views have one thing in common. They're trying to accommodate what secular science and evolutionists believe about the origins. They're trying to fit it both together. Right. And... You know, someone may say, well, what's the problem with trying to make it all fit together? Maybe it does all fit together. Well, no, we we already have shown that they're polar opposites. And the problem with making it try to all fit together is this. I mean, even though it seems innocent enough on the surface, 
In reality, what it's doing is undermining the authority that's in the Word of God. Because if you throw one thing out of the Bible, you start throwing other, other things well, out. Let's stop read, believing let's, everything. Let's read between the lines between what Jesus did on the cross. Yeah, you'll stop believing everything if you do that. At least puts question, Mark. And one of, our, one of, my, one of my best friends, Marty Conlon, says this. Don't ever put a period or question mark where God puts a period. I, I believe that's absolute truth. That's a lot of wisdom in that statement. We've been trying to get him on our podcast. Yeah, someday we will. We will. Yeah, He's we a will. funny guy. You'll, you'll enjoy that episode. Well, the sad thing is young people and adults in our churches are hearing this uncertainty about the accuracy of the Bible and the truth of evolution. And as a result, many Christians and, and young people are not sure what to believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's evidenced by the fact that so many people your age don't even believe in God and, and they think they see the hypocrisy in it. Right, exactly. Uh, they hear these scientists and these evolutionists in the secular world loud and clear, speaking with authority telling them that they know exactly what to believe in. This is what happened. But the Bible and Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus is the Word made flesh, gives us an example of how we are to act in our belief. Right. You know, in Matthew... No, it's Mark, I think. Oh, that's right. It's Mark. I think the first chapter of Mark, around verse 22, I believe, it says that, the people were astonished with Christ's teachings because he spoke as one having authority, hmm. unlike the religious leaders of the day. Right. Why? Because if you know the truth, you speak it with authority. And scientists are taking their theories and ideas and opinions and fooling people by speaking it with authority. Yep. Today, we can and should speak as believers of, in creation and Christians uh, with the same authority because we have the Word of God. We have Jesus Christ, the Creator, the Author, the Word. He, the Bible says, like I already said, He was the Word made flesh. Right. And that's why He gave us the Bible, isn't it? And in it, he told us how he created all things. And even though we have limited wisdom, okay, and we have finite minds, and we'll never be able to fully comprehend or understand the workings of God in the Bible. I mean, if, if we could just, if we could, if we believed only the things that we could prove and, 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 and understand that make sense to us, we'd probably throw out half the Bible. <laughs> but then <laughs> More we, than half, probably. But, but then we'd be believing in a finite God. We'd be believing in our we'd, own... We'd be believing in selection. a God that's at our level, yeah. that doesn't have a wisdom. Doesn't God say, my ways are higher than yours, my thoughts yep. are higher? And that makes me glad. I, I'm happy that God, my God has a lot more smarts than I do. Yeah. He's a lot more intelligent. He knows all things. Right. It makes scriptures like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me come to, re- come to reality, come yeah. to truth, because yeah. God can do what I can't do. He can make my life better than I can make yeah. it. 
Well, in the Bible, he told us that he created all things. And like I said, even though we're not fully able to understand through our finite minds and our limited wisdom, he has given us a very specific history from the Old Testament to the New Testament, a history that is foundational to all doctrine, supported by science and archaeology, I might add. As we spoke about before in that previous includes podcasts. includes the origins account in Genesis. So if God is real and if the Bible's true, then this account in Genesis is the true history of the world that tells us where we came from, what we're doing here, yep. and where we're going. Exactly. Let me ask you this. Does evolution do that for us? No. No. Does evolution give you any peace in your mind and your spirit and your soul? Evolution kind of makes you feel like you're pointless. Exactly. You're just a small thing in this infinite world. Our relationship with God does one thing for us, DJ, gives us peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. We fear nothing of this world. And there's nothing in this world. I love life. And I love having stuff. And I love doing things. And I love having some money. But there's, I wouldn't give anything that this life has to offer for, as a substitute for my relationship with God. Well, you know, in John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus said to the people who believe in him, he said, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There it is. And in John 17, 17, Jesus said, sanctify them in the truth, your word is the truth. God's word is the truth. Well, the question still is, do we believe in creator God or do we in the Bible or do we believe, excuse me, do we believe that the origins of life is in the evolutionary process? Think about this. In our everyday life experiences, just about everything seems to have a beginning, right, DJ? Yep. In fact, the law <clears throat> of science that shows that even things which look the same throughout our lifetime, such as the sun and stars, are really running down. Well, we talked about that in one of our previous podcasts. The laws of thermodynamics and entropy says that energy what, what is, is always again? decreasing. Entropy? Entropy. Okay. What's that say? Basically, energy is constantly decreasing at a slow rate. And scientific studies have shown that the sun is using up its fuel at millions of tons each second. Think about that. Hmm. And since the sun can't last forever, it just makes perfect sense then it had to have a beginning. Right. It makes sense. Right. The same can be shown true in, for the entire universe. Well, evolutionists, well, we all know that the, sci the universe is constantly expanding. So evolutionists use this expansion to try to figure out how old the universe is, and that's how they came up with the 14, 15 billion years old. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that in itself, but to push those theories and ideas and opinions without facts as truth? It's, like you said, it's just, it's just historical science. Right. No one was there to prove but it. But as normal everyday people that don't have... PhDs and XYZs after What's an name. XYZ? Well, it just has to do with your credentials. Well, what happens when I do get a PhD? Well, it's not 
it's not as good as having an XYZ. <laughs> I suppose not. <laughs> Since that's made up in your mind. <laughs> what would we look for as normal people? I mean, I'm appealing to our listening audience. What what evidence would we expect to find if there really was an infinite God who created all things as the Bible claims? I mean, we talked about a lot of this stuff in our previous podcasts. Yeah. I mean, the Bible claims that God knows all things. He is omniscient. Right. So therefore, he is infinitely intelligent. Well, if you know all things, you're pretty smart. I mean, if I knew all things, you'd think I'm really smart. Well, you, you don't know all things? <laughs> well, pretty much. <laughs> I'm just one level below. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> I tried getting you looking at my papers that I was studying for my finals this week. You didn't even understand well, it. You thought I, it was a different what language. What was that, a physics test? Yeah. I saw your notes. Yeah. Uh, that's a language I've never heard of. <laughs> I don't know how you do that stuff. Well, I'm impressed, DJ, that you've able. You got one more semester to go, right? Yep, until I get my undergrad, my, my bachelor's degree. Bachelor's degree in science, applied science. Is that what it is? Biological science. Biological science. So you know, you've got a lot of biology and a lot of physics and a lot of chemistry, chemistry knowledge. So, and you're a Christian. Yep. So, uh, well, I'll get into that. Probably not today, but in next week's podcast, I'll talk about that okay. more. Well. How do we recognize evidence of intelligence? Let me, let me explain by saying this. DJ, why do scientists get so excited when they discover stone tools together with bones in a cave? Well, I think because the stone tools show signs of intelligence. Exactly. I mean, the scientists recognize that the tools could not have created themselves over millions of years in random chance. No matter how much time you throw at it. They're obviously a product of intelligent input. So the rice, the researchers, the scientists would rightly conclude then that an intelligent creature was responsible for making the tools. Right, exactly. And we can recognize design as evidence of the outworkings of intelligence. Then. I mean, we see man-made objects all around us every day. Mm -hmm. And yet... We would never suggest that these objects were products of time and chance. I mean, you wouldn't look at these microphones that we're using and think... It's made hmm, itself over a billion years. Yeah, this just formed out of nowhere. Right, right. I mean, design's everywhere. We as see simple it. as that is, that, that's the truth of the, the matter. Right. However, today, a large portion of the population, including many leading scientists, smart people, believe that all plants, all animals, including intelligent human beings, are the product of just an evolutionary process, random chance included, that is not, and is not a product, we're not a product of creator God. Hmm. And I'm telling you this, this is not a defensible position. And we'll tell you why in next week's podcast. Yeah, I think it's a good place to stop. Um, we're going to get into the science uh, we're gonna of get evolution. Pretty deep into evolution and why we don't personally believe it. We're going to talk about some quotes from some... Um, Richard Dawkins is one of them. Leading scientists. And leading le evolutionists. Leading evolutionists and leading scientists, biochemists and... Biology guys with XYZs after their name. <laughs> no, and, I think they and, have PhDs. And, and compare 
evolution and what evolutionary scientists say about a lot has changed since the day uh, Darwin wrote those books. We have found a lot more in science, especially DNA. Yeah, and I want, we're going to talk about all that. But stay tuned for that next week. If you think that'll be interesting, we hope you come back and enjoy that. Yeah, this was a setup for next week. So please come back next week and listen to what we have to f finish listening to what we have to say. Thank you for watching this video on YouTube and liking and commenting. Thanks for listening on all the places we have our podcasts. Where is that? Where are, where are our podcasts? Oh, man, we got it on Spotify. We got it on Apple Podcasts. We got it on Google Podcasts. We got it on a bunch of different websites that host podcasts. If you want to check it all out, go to our Anchor website. It's anchor.fm slash reborn.report. And fairly soon, we're going to have Reborn Report mugs. And if you guys want them. And T-shirts for sale. Yeah, if you guys want them, let us know. Um, we aren't going to make them until we know people actually want them. Until we get a few more viewers and listeners subscribers subscribers but we like doing this um this is based on five to ten years of my own research and my own studies is god real is the bible true in, in this evolutionary process uh studying all that out i i want to know the truth i think everybody wants to know what the truth is and why we're here what we're doing here and where we're going yeah, after we and, die and and we shouldn't be fooled by, I'm not criticizing these scientists or these evolutionists because I think they're important and their work is important, but... And they're not doing it just to be malicious. We No, they believe in what they believe, but we, and there's truth in what they say, but we have to be able to see, like I said before, what is opinion and what is fact, right? What is ideas and theories and what is this historical fact so if you want to hear more observable about it, fact if you want to hear more about it check us back out next week thank you for watching and listening goodbye see you guys <laughs>